Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. How are we doing today? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Hey, my name is Jean Carlos. I am um, uh, I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, I use he, him pronouns, um, and uh, we are continuing this series about Jesus and justice, and I have made this message center around one question, one question that I hope will challenge you and that I hope uh, will shape our, our communities and our lives, and that question is this. Does justice have to kill you? Does justice have to kill you? Um, Does doing the work of God, doing the work of the kingdom, does doing the work of justice have to end with your death? Um, I ask this because um, I have seen in the last couple years that Justice, ministry, nonprofit work, work for love, work for the kingdom has sometimes ended in people really, really tired. I have seen that work of justice, work of God, work of kingdom has ended in burnout for some people. Um, I've seen how justice work has ended in people uh, eventually not caring about justice anymore because they can't care or feel at all. Does justice um, (laughs) require your death? Does it require burnout? Does it require um, us to lose everything? And and the reason I ask this is because the Christian tradition, um, I don't know if you know this, but like Jesus died. (laughs) He like on a cross, it was kind of like public, you know? It's like our logo now, you know? Um, And the disciples like, died, you know, and like, not in like a nice like senior home, you know, like in a, in like usually upside down on a cross kind of ways, you know, and if you look at the last 2,000 years, there are these people that have inspired us, that have shaped us, that have taken our communities, our countries, our society, humanity to the next level, and they died, (laughs) you know, in not fun ways. Does justice have to kill us, right? Um, I, uh, I've seen, I, I remember I went to an incredible conference in Atlanta, and I met incredible, gifted, called leaders. And I would say that half of them were tired, you know? Like, loving God, loving people, but they were tired. And I would say half of them were burnt out, right? Like, I hope you take some time off, like burned out, you know, like I, I, I hope that you get everything you need. It, it was as if they were creating a world for others that they themselves could not experience, that they were building something that they could not enjoy. Um, does justice have to kill you? Is that like, is that what we're signing up for? Are we all just like months or years from that burnout, from that exhaustion, from that tiring, as we sign up to do the work of God. Is this the only way? I went to a marketing conference, right? And the entire conference was about mental health. 
if you can imagine. And we were talking about self-care, and we were talking about how it's important to take care of ourselves and each other. And at the end of this one-day conference, which was incredible, I'm so grateful for the work that that group is doing, at the end, it was like 4 o'clock, and I look at um, the person that's sitting next to me, a person of color, and I was like, yeah, so what are we doing now? What are you doing now? You know, it was one of those small talk things, and, and they said, oh, I got to start, start my work day. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, we just went through a full day of a conference that your company paid for you to go. It's like, yeah, 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 but they, it's, they were so generous. They paid for the conference, but now I've got to start my eight-hour workday at 4 p.m. because the, com- the company, like, paid for them to go and invest in their mental health, but they still, you know, you still got to get your work done, you know? And I'm like, is that normal? Is that healthy? Is that what caring for mental health looks like, going to a conference and then working eight hours afterward? Is that, does justice have to kill you? Does doing acts of, Justice, acts of creativity, acts of love on this earth have to end with like us dying at the altar of something else? Does justice have to kill you? And I, I just, I think it's an important question. It's a question that you and I need to answer. Um, I, uh, I'm watching a show on HBO called Industry. Anybody? Any? It's like a little show. It's not super popular. Check it out. And industry is about a group of young people that just got out of college, just graduated from the best schools, and they have joined the premier financial company in London. Um, imagine Wall Street, but in the UK, right? And so it's a, you know, it's a group of young people who are trying to make it, trying to move up the ladder, trying to live lives uh, that matter, trying to like be important, trying to make money, trying to figure out love, trying to figure out life, and um, and, and everyone in the show is brilliant. Everyone is, has a reason to be there, but they get all these new hires into an auditorium and they welcome them to Piermont. That's what the company was called in the show, Piermont. And they welcome them that you've been selected. Many, 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 many people applied and they were rejected, but you have been chosen. You're called, you're here, right? And then they proceed to tell them the truth that in six months, half of them would be fired. Uh, and this wasn't like a lack of resources. This company has like all the money, you know. This was, this was intentional part of recruiting, that they would bring in 100 people and then fire 50 of them on purpose as to get the other 50 to give everything they have to prove their worth, right? And they have a name for this judgment day. It was called the RIF, Reduction in Force. This was just part of the game. And so now this group of young people who want to prove themselves, who want to make it, have to work really, really hard if they want this job. And they have to compete with others. And so one such member was named Hari. And Hari really wanted to make it, really wanted to have a life of significance, really wanted uh, to be chosen and proved of. And so he does everything that he can everything to get his boss to like him, to to produce really great results. But that means that you got to work more, right? And so it's not, this isn't a nine to five job. This is a a job from 7 a.m. to like 10 p.m. Like this is, everyone here is giving everything they have. And so Hari starts to feel like he's behind. Hari's giving everything that he has, but he still feels like he's behind. I meet a lot of people 
who are doing so much and feel like they're doing so little. Um, and so Hari feels like he's behind, so he decides that the best way to stand out is to, uh, to not leave the company at all. So he starts not going home. He starts sleeping at the company. Uh, he starts sleeping in a bathroom stall so that he can work all night, work all day. And his, his coworkers start noticing that he's wearing the same clothes as the day before, but he's giving everything and everything and everything he has. And he starts taking medication so he can stay awake. Um, and he starts doing anything possible to try to get ahead. And as, as you can imagine, this is a very stressful life. And the company starts recognizing that he uh, hasn't left the, like the, the company for like more than 48 hours. And so they tell him, hey, like you should like go home, but also get all your work done. Um, and, and eventually he has a very, very important project. And the company now does kind of need him to stay all night to finish it, and so he does. But in doing so, he makes a mistake. You know, he, he creates this 40-page presentation and he puts the wrong font. It was supposed to be Helvetica, he put Times New Roman, and now he is freaking out. And you think that doesn't matter, but in this context, it really, really matters because that client really, 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 really needs it to be Helvetica and not Times. And now his entire life is on the line, his job and, and all that. And so he starts freaking out and he starts calling um, printers to go print the report with the right font. And um, he goes to that very bathroom stall where he would sleep and he, he, he's trying to figure this out. He has a panic attack. He looks up and then he dies. And then he dies. Um, and um, he had a heart condition. And the medication he was taking and the anxiety and, the, and the, uh, everything that he was experiencing. That was like the first episode. So now you don't have to watch the first episode. So you can just watch episode two. Um, so we look at that and we're like, not that, right? But I have a really important question. What's the difference between Hari and us? Are we just serving at a different altar? Are we just sacrificing our well-beings and our lives, our energies, our hopes, our dreams at a different altar? Is it still the same altar? Is it still the same extraction? Is it still the same empire? Just for a different cause? Is the difference between you and Hari that Hari was reporting to a boss and you were reporting to Jesus? Is the difference between you and Hari that Hari was doing something at the altar of profit and you and I are doing something at the altar of God or the altar of justice? What's the difference between you and Hari? Because we cannot create a new world <laughs> that has no rest. We cannot create a new world that has the same empire structures to build it. What's the difference between you and I and Hari? Are we the same except that company has a logo and we have a cross? Is that the sacrifice that Jesus is asking for? Is that the sacrifice that pleases God? And I wanna say no. I wanna tell you that there's better news than that. And so we're looking at a parable from the scriptures, which I would argue is one of the top three weirdest parables that Jesus says, okay? Like, the sheep one, I got it. You went for the sheep, got it, right? Like, lots of parables that Jesus says, very clear, very simple. But, like, if you're not paying much attention, it seems like the moral of the story is that God has weird wage practices, 
You know, like, is that what that is about? And so we're looking at a story where there is a, a owner of a vineyard, and he goes out to find workers. Now, a lot of the commentaries note that this is weird, because as you noted in the passage, there was a manager who would do out the pay. Normally, a very wealthy landowner, vineyard owner, wouldn't go out. Uh, but we, we, we find that this vineyard owner goes out personally to call people, goes out at 6 a.m. to call people into um, her work, goes out at 9 a.m., goes out at noon. This is a God who personally calls us, invites us into justice. And if you need to understand, the vineyard is a metaphor for the work of the kingdom. And the, the Bible says that the work of the kingdom, that the kingdom of God is out three things, justice, peace, and joy. And I have been in a lot of circles that really like the first one, but have no of the second and none of the third. The kingdom of God is about justice, peace, and joy. And so whatever is going on in this vineyard at 9 a.m., at 6 a.m., at noon, at 3, at 5, is about justice, peace, and joy. And there seems to be some people that have been invited to work at 6 a.m., and they get there. And there are people that are invited at 9, at noon, at 3, and 5. But what's strange is that at the very end of the day, when they were going to receive their compensation, their reward, their pay, they all get the same pay. If you leave this message with one idea, I want you to leave with this. There is a radical equality in the kingdom of God that will set you free. There is a radical equality in the kingdom of God that will set you free. When I was younger, I had this belief that the more I did for God, the more my life would matter, right? The more I gave up, the more I sacrificed, the more I worked, the more things I did, the more messages I preached, the more groups I started, um, the more work that I accomplished, the more God would be proud of me. I remember one time sharing the gospel of someone, talking to them about God and saying that the gospel, that having a relationship with God freed me from having to get the approval of others. And that, was, that sounded nice. And, uh, and I had that friend, I had that, that, that uh, person in my dorm floor say, oh, okay, so you're not living for the approval of others. So, so what are you living for now? Which, you know, in like evangelism terms is like the best opportunity, right? It's like, yes, Jesus. Um, no, but like I remember saying, well, now I'm living for the approval of God. And as I said that, both he and I could tell that whatever toxic energy there was in, a, in finding the approval of people was also found in finding the approval of God. There was an energy there. That people are flaky, so don't find your approval in them. But my view of God was flaky, right? My view of God and hoping that God would be like me because I preached this Sunday or didn't like me because I didn't do anything, that was flaky too. I grew up thinking that Christianity was a multi-level marketing scheme, right? Where the more I did and the more I got other people to do, the more I would be rewarded. And here I find out in this passage that we, in some way, in some cosmic and universal way, you and I, we will all be rewarded the same? There is a radical equality in the kingdom of God that will set 
you free. All these years, all this time working, working like Hari to matter, working like Hari to move up some ladder, for God to explain to you and to me that there's no ladder, there's no way, there's no path to become more important. We are radically equal. And when you understand that radical equality, it changes the way that you work, it changes the way you engage. I remember last month, the organization I work with, we had lots of events, and so I was working more than my 40 hours. I was working like 55, 60. And my, my leader is really healthy and cares about myself and said, no, well, you, you know, you worked extra, now go take a day off. It's not vacation time, it's just uh, flexing for what you've already done. So go take Friday off, right? And so I plan to take Friday off, but then Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes, and I realize I'm behind. I'm behind. I need to do more, and I don't want to be behind. I, I want to, I want to, uh, there's so many needs of our organization and our community. I want to meet those needs, and, and I, I don't want to be behind. And so Friday comes, and I decide that, you know what, I'm going to use Friday. I'm going to be off so no one can email me or teens me, but I'm going to do the work anyway. Um, and it'll be great. Then I won't be behind, and then, then I'll have peace right? Then I'll have joy. Then I'll be okay, right? So I go to this Friday, and I, I start my Friday, and I read Matthew 20. I read this verse. And I, after reading this verse, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to do anything. Like, I, I don't, why? Like, I realized that whether I worked that Friday or took it off as, as I was supposed to, that I would be compensated the same. That anything extra or beyond uh, was me volunteering for a company that did not ask me, require me, or call me to volunteer. There is a radical equality in the kingdom of God that will set you free. And so, you know, I think of my family. I have a dad, a mom, um, and I had an older brother. My older brother passed away when I was nine and he was 10. He had a brain tumor. Um, and I think of my mom, who has given so much of her life to being a nurse. But now my mom um, has fibromyalgia. She's chronic pain. And so now she can't work. She can't take care of others. And she lives in a society that was very, very happy for her to take care of people, but is unwilling and unable to take care of her. And now she, and now she can't be productive anymore. And now she, uh, she can't be employed anymore. And now she can't add value to society the way that society wants it to be added. And I think of my dad, who is very generous, very kind, but doesn't do any church things, right? Doesn't do any religious things, right? And I think about the four of us. And I think about one, of, one, one day, let's say, all of us being before God. And all of us are going to be rewarded equally. All of us are going to be welcomed equally. All of us are going to be equally loved and equally important. My older brother, who did no ministry, who preached no messages, who started no churches, who, who built no nonprofits, he will be welcomed and loved just as I am. My mom, who, who can't, right, who can't contribute in the same way because of where she's at in her life, will be welcomed and loved equally because God is not ableist, amen? amen? God is not ableist. We can't all contribute or do the same things, and yet we will be given the same pay. This is revolutionary. This is countercultural. There is an equal reward.
My dad, who didn't do a lot of church things, may enter on that day and receive the same reward as I. And if I am bitter about that, it's because I'm doing too much. Because if I'm bitter about that, it's because I've gone beyond what I can give, what I should give. And now I'm like the people in the passage who said, but we worked all day long. We took the heat, right? Um, The second thing that's real is not only do we have a shared reward, but we have a shared responsibility that is a part of the radical equality that we, we have. And by shared responsibility, I mean to say that justice is fundamentally a group project. Justice is fundamentally a group project, and we all have a part to play. We won't all play the same part or to the same degree, but we all have a part to play. When we were at the Incarnation Fund retreat yesterday, which was amazing, it was very good, the, the wisdom that was in that table, the wisdom that was in that, that retreat, wow, we could write eight, nine, 12 books. Um, it was such a, a privilege. But one of the questions I asked in preparation for this message is, we all know that self-care is important, but at times we don't take care of ourselves. Why is that? What gets in the way? And one of the common answers was, well, there's just so many people depending on us. There's so, there's, the need is so great, right? How could we stop? How could we, how could we not exhaust ourselves when the need is so great? And what I realized is that sometimes we who care about justice, we confuse our work with the need, right? And those are different things. There is a work that you have to bring and that you can bring, but that's not the same as the need because the need is a group project and your role is your contribution to it. Um, I'll say it this way. Let's say every day, most of us have 10 units of energy. 10 units of effort, 10 units of focus. Let's call these 10 Fs, okay? So let's say each day you wake up and you have 10 Fs to give, right? Okay? When you give 15 Fs, where do those five extra Fs come from? Where do those five Fs come from? Because actually, you have 10 Fs each day and those are renewable. Thank God, those are renewable. You can wake up and you have more creativity, more love, more energy to do the work of God, amen. But when you do more than the 10, the 10 that are sustainable, the 10 that are responsible, the 10 that are healthy for you to give, where is that coming from? We, we call that difference extraction because it's coming from your body. You are trading your well-being, your mental health, your joy, your peace to be extracted for the purpose of something else. And unfortunately, whether that purpose be profit or that purpose be good, that is not the sacrifice that pleases God. God is not pleased by you being miserable. God is not pleased by you losing the peace and joy that is fundamental to the kingdom of God. Here's the thing. You have 10 Fs to give. And after that, you have no Fs to give, right? And what you need to understand about this is that when you give more, you are extracting, you're, you're essentially getting a loan or a debt. And that stuff ultimately means that you, in a month, won't have 10 Fs to give. You're going to have 8 Fs to give. And you keep extracting, and another month, you're going to have 6 Fs, and then 4 Fs, and then eventually there won't be any Fs to give. And I've seen it. I've seen it in myself I've seen it when I burnt out. I thought that God needed my death 
in order to create life. And that's not the sacrifice that pleases God. In the, in the New Testament, there's a new vision for sacrifice. Um, in the Old Testament, we sacrifice something by killing it. It dies. What honored God in that scenario, and I don't have enough time to explain it, um, what honored God there was like death. Look, the animal died. Um, but now, Romans chapter 12 says we are living sacrifices. What honors God is not our death but our life. What honors God is not our death, but our joy. What honors God is that we give our lives, not to work, but to the peace and joy and the justice that God is creating. And so God is not honored by you dying. Like, I, I met people who are willing to give everything, but I'm like, the work of justice, um, if you give everything, you're gone in six months, right? We kind of need you longer than that. We need you to be involved and engaged in the work of God all your life, right? And I think when you confuse your work with the need, you always feel like you're not doing enough because the need at your organization isn't 10Fs. It's a 1,000 Fs that are needed. So when you give 20 Fs, which is twice what you can actually give, 20 Fs in comparison to a 1,000 Fs is nothing, and you always feel inadequate. The reality is even if you give 50 Fs on a certain week, the reality is that it will always be inadequate in comparison to the need. It's always been a group project. We are radically equal. We all play a part. But if you compare the need with your contribution, you will always feel inadequate. But if you bring your contribution, if you bring your gift, if you bring your life, you will see that it's always been enough. Some of us in this room can give four Fs and you need to understand how holy that is. Some of us in this room can bring 12 Fs, and you need to understand that that's holy too. But when we stand before God, all of us will be equal. When we stand before God, all of us will be rewarded the same. And that equality, man, that equality can set you free. I'll close with this. Um, I, uh, as you know, I, I'm gay. Um, I, uh, I'm married to Favo. Uh, yeah, you can clap for Favo. Um, and um, I get to be in a community. I get to be in a community, not only here, but in Minnesota, where our marriage is recognized, where our love is, uh, is safe. I don't feel in danger walking on the Stone Arch Bridge, going to the Mall of America. Um, I don't feel in danger going to Raspberry Island, going to the grocery store. I can be who I am. Um, and I, um, I owe that to the labor of people who were in the sun all day. I owe that to people who have spent the last hundred years, maybe all time, working for the liberation of queer people. In 2010, when there were people marching and fighting for my freedom, I was a 10th grader who thought homosexuality was a sin. In 2012, when those people were beginning the process with the Supreme Court so that our marriage would be recognized and respected. I was doing ministry as an evangelical. In 2015, when that, that kind of culminated in the United States, I was just barely coming out of the closet. There were people who did so much more work so that I could be free. In comparison, I've probably put in 20 minutes when others have put in eight hours all day. And guess what? 
we all get to enjoy a world that's free. There are people that have worked really, really hard so that you could be here in this room. There are people that have worked really, really hard, our ancestors, to make it possible so that we didn't have to fight so hard or work so hard for us to be free. Justice doesn't require equal contributions, my friends. We are here because people provided unequal contributions. We are here because people gave their love, their lives, so that we could be free. And justice may involve individuals, but justice is always enjoyed by all. Justice is a group project. And so you live in the fact that you, you, you drink from water from wells you did not dig. You, you, uh, you harvest crops you did not sow. And may that motivate you to sow crops you will not reap. May that motivate you to dig wells you will not drink from. May you understand that in the kingdom of God, we are radically equal. And when we have that equality, the only reason to do anything at all is love. Love that does not require extraction. Love that does not require your death. Love that does not require you to lose your peace and joy for a justice you won't see. No, no. The kingdom of God has a radical equality. And that radical equality will set us free. Amen. Thank you.